Thank you for tuning in to Man of the Making with former monk Rajan Shankara and myself, Rokas. Thank you, Raj, for joining me in this week's episode. Thank you, Rokas. Pleasure to be here with you. So I have some questions for this episode. It will be a Q&A type. So starting with question one, why do people attach emotion to things they have no influence over? <laughs> That's a fantastic question. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> we're, we're designed to think that we have influence over everything. It's, it's what's known in yoga as a, um, a false identity. We, we identify with, with everything. And then because it's us or a part of us, we can then change it. And this is false because our identity is not everything. Our identity is not in our relationships or in things and, and, and situations. Our identity is, is anchored in spirit. So anytime we go away from that identity and our, our emotions get entangled up in our, our, our life in some aspect, we're under the influences of the ego. And in Eastern philosophy, the ego is everything. The ego is, is, is an important filter to understand. So my voice is speaking through this microphone, but there's a, a, a filter right on the outside of it blocking dirt, certain sounds from coming through. So the ego blocks certain things from coming through back and forth from the spirit and out into the body and, and into the world. And, and the filter of the ego is a, de- a, a big part of that, that, filtration system that micron level is emotion and emotion is is sort of a a means of uh, interacting and communicating with the world but it's not a very good way to do it in most situations emotion will often cloud truth and it will get in the way of clarity so we are designed to become attached to everything that's just what our ego likes to do. Our ego takes over. Just like our ego has taken over us, it takes over everything that we touch, everything that we're involved in. And um, my guru used to call it um, me and mine. It, it makes everything me and mine instead of us and ours. And if we could have more of a universal aspect of thinking of things, um, for example, if we could go into a work meeting with the idea that our idea can be made better with the input of everyone else instead of this is my idea. It needs to go through or else I'm ruined and no one looks at me professionally. Then they don't respect me. If we could have that universal perspective and say, I have an idea, but knowing that the laws of synergy, my idea could be made better if other people hold on to it, like I hold on to it and filter it through their minds then it'll be better then it'll be the ultimate idea and we we want to have that influence we want to change we want to have status that's the kind of the key to every uh, negotiation that we go through in life it's status 
And if other people are involved, maybe it reduces our status. If our emotion gets involved, maybe we can hold on a little bit longer. So we have to, uh, we have to realize that we're designed to take things over. We're designed to try to influence them. And then what we have to do as the user, we have to remember that we have power over the operating system that is ego and mind. And we can reboot it. Re, you know, sync back up with who we really are. And uh, that is how we will achieve more uh, continued um, happiness. Uh, that's a really nice answer. Third question too. Uh, how do you avoid taking on negativity from other people? Yeah. Or is that similar right. to what you just answered? No, I mean, it's similar, but but it's nuanced. Everything in life can be nuanced if you allow it to be and, and, and nuance is important sometimes. Negative influence uh, from other people is, is, is going to be called a projection, right? People are always projecting our things um, onto everything in life, right? Onto our animals, onto our, our children, our spouses, our relationships, whatever even onto our, our things, our objects. If we have a car, we, we project what we want that car to look like. If we get a paint job, tint the windows, get new rims, blah, blah, blah. So everyone projects and, and I'm projecting right now, you're projecting right now. We're just, we're living our life through this filter and doing what we wanna do. The key is, is detachment. If we, if we don't want to be involved in other people's negative influences, we have to be detached. We have to have, uh, the monks would call that two thirds within and one third without. Okay. Two thirds inside of ourselves anchored in this secure, um, you know, inner being who is content and, and, and peaceful and full of love. And then one third interacting with the world. And a part of us is is engaged and attached and and cooperating with life, but most of us is there's there's this voice inside, right? Like, for every first person shooter video game, someone is holding the weapon, right? Someone is walking, and we don't get to see that person, but that person is us. And as long as we remember that we're holding the remote, we're holding the controller, and we're the one making these movements we can both play the game and remember that it's a game being played and someone will project their negativity to us. Someone will uh, uh, try to influence us negatively, even if they know it or not. And what we have to do is remain detached and know that, that, you know, it's probably not personal. It's probably just them and what they're going through and the best way to go about life with negativity being projected on us, because it will happen, there's no doubt about it, is to show love. That's how you do it. You, you, you smile and you annoyingly love the other person and you, you do your best to help them as much as you can. And it doesn't work all the time, but you leave the situation without any regrets. And that's, that's one of the best ways to live. If you can have no regrets and if you can say, you know what, I could have easily emotionally attacked the other person. I could have had an outburst. I could have, 
I could have insulted them just like they insulted me. But instead, I was the bigger person. I smiled. I wished them the best. And I said I was here for them no matter what. And that's, that's going to leave us with the least amount of regret. And it's going to make us feel the best when the situation is long over. Any other outburst, any other power move, any attempt to be better than the other person, even if we're right, even if it works in the end, we're going to hate it and it's not going to feel good um, eventually. And, and we're going to be given that lesson over and over again until we can react emotionally positive and emotionally stronger and detached than the other person. So that's a long-term answer. But what about in the short term? Let's say when you say smile, what if that is insulting to the other person if they see you smiling when they're angry? Yeah, what do you do, right? Yeah. yeah you don't always... Smile is one example. So you have to... The idea is to allow someone to understand that you are listening to them. If someone is angry, you, you don't want to get angry. You, you, want to, you want to remain detached, but a part, the part of you that's engaging is there for them. And, and you, you tell them with your body language, with your face, with your words, I hear you. I see you're angry. How can we fix this? You know, what... It, it's, it's called psychological error, basically. You let someone know that they matter, that what they're going through matters to you. And if you, if you forget to pick up on it, if you lose track of it, if you don't quite see that they're angry and you miss it, but all of a sudden it becomes obvious, then you, you backtrack. You say, whoa, I apologize. Did not notice that, that things were going south here. And I see this now. Sorry, I missed it before. How can, we, how can we fix this and work at this? Um, you just have to act like a shield. Like their anger cannot penetrate you. That's, that's, that's going to be a, um, a way to help diffuse it and, and work through it. And, and I've had people angry at me all the time, right? You just, you, you just have to own up to it. You just have to be like, all right, I, I get what's going on. Um, and instead of walking away, instead of being the guy that is like, well, whatever, I'm, I'm, I'm put their hands up and then walk the other way. Or I'm not going to deal with someone who's angry or I'm not going to deal with someone emotional. Stay with it. Stay the course and, and stay in the room. Um, diffuse the situation using your own, your own, security your own frame i think that's called holding frame in in red pill language it's it's making sure that you're solid and secure and you don't fluctuate with the other person's emotion it's a, it's a combination of detachment um and seeing the giving the benefit of the doubt and seeing the positive aspects of, of the situation um and not being afraid of it not being afraid of anger and, and knowing that the other person, while they may seem angry on the outside, on the inside, they don't want to be angry. They just, they want to find a solution because they're attached to something. So let them know that, that you, you don't run from anger and that they can trust you. Yeah, I really like that. Um, for the third question, 
what is the process to developing a mindset that doesn't rely on external factors? Yeah. Um, the process is um, practice. You, you practice uh, observation. You practice breathing. You know, a lot of it can be summed up in meditation, but I try not to just say that because meditation is is so many things nowadays um we want to understand isolation you know we want to understand what it's like when no one's around and and what our mind is like and and can we observe the details of life without getting caught up in in you know our phone you know if you have the desire to randomly check instagram are you at least aware of it? You know, if you're aware and, and, and you have a, a split moment, you know, a fraction of a second as before you tap on those icons on your phone, can you, are you at least aware that you don't need to now do this? You, you don't, you don't need to do certain things. And can you be still throughout the day? And, and, and if you can do that, if you can practice Stephen Covey, uh, used to call it, he's a motivational, was a one motivational speaker and author. He used to say that's called the private battle. If, if you can master the private battle, then the public one naturally works, naturally falls into place because you're, you're well-trained, you know, you're well-conditioned. And just like going from workout to workout, you got better at working out because there was like a month of previous workouts all building up to this one and this one and this one. So if you can practice detachment, practice breathing, uh, practice being aware and observant of your life when nothing is happening and, and educating yourself, you, you allow yourself to critically think. And if you can critically think, you can act gracefully when the time calls for it, when it's appropriate, and it will work. So now on a more positive note, uh, what actions and decisions could a person take to live a more meaningful life? Drink a gallon of water every day. <laughs> <laughs> so that's one of the things that I've been working on is, is um, getting back to my gallon of water every day i used to do it when when i was uh my my peak performance in the monastery i was drinking a gallon of water every day just spot on and i i, I say it kind of jokingly but I, i'm also serious you know one of the things that um we can do to live a better life is uh nail down our diet nail down what we're putting in our body uh, make sure that we're we're balancing out healthy stuff with the fun stuff and we're not we're not letting the wrong foods get into us uh, too frequently um practice um a modern amount of fasting try try not eating and 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 once we're kind of the master over our food we can really excel at at the the public battle and and it's it's making the right decision when we're in a meeting or when we're in a social environment when 
you know, culturally or socially, it would be appropriate to have the, you know, have the extra beer or have the other shot or have the, the junk food. But if it's, if it's just not quite that time for you, then you're the one who can become the example. Like, no, I'm I'm not, I'm not going to have this shot. Uh, I know my limit, you know, one too many is, is, is too much. Right. So when you can be that person and you can kind of put the brakes on your desires, then you can become a, a much more effective uh, tool, a much more effective machine in life. And then you have to know when to relax and, and when to, to have the snack and, 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 re- and just chill out on your discipline. And even that is a bit of discipline. And it's, it's a, Stoics would say it's, it's a, the moderation of appetites. And appetite is not just hunger. It's even our desire for lust it's it's our it's our desires for material gain and wealth we have to have a balanced life of of full engagement in our activity and work but also know how to rest and recover because without rest and recovery we will reach exhaustion and we'll either get injured mentally uh, an athlete would get injured physically without an off season and we will spiritually go down. So all of this is to say is we need to build rituals and not necessarily routines. So a routine is just something we do every day. We're going through the motions. There's not a lot of thought behind it. All right, brushing our teeth and flossing is a routine. It's not so much a ritual because it doesn't sustain your happiness. It doesn't sustain the meaning of your life. However, a ritual where you connect with nature, you know, you, you connect with a book, with philosophy, with your mind, with learning about relationships, with connecting with other people, you know, planting something, you know, making something grow with the work of your hands. That is ritual. That, that is when we connect with a deeper aspect of life. And it's one of the four aspects. There's mental, physical, spiritual, and psychological so wait do i have that right the four aspects are mental physical spiritual and emotional pardon me so when we connect with that ritual we essentially connect the meaning of our life with the four key elements of of what makes up a healthy well-rounded psyche which is the mental, spiritual, physical, and emotional. And anything that strengthens one or or all of those those factors becomes the sustaining factor of our our happiness. If we're just waking up, if we're just getting coffee and and, and getting dressed and heading out the door or, or going through the motion and not taking a break to pause and reflect, then we will, our batteries will die out. We will reach exhaustion and, and we will reach a point where we don't have something to sustain us. We'll, we'll wonder why the hell we're doing anything. So we have to figure out what, what makes us truly peaceful and what, make, what makes the most sense to us and do that on occasion. And then I recommend doing it 
on a daily basis as, as a ritual. So for example, uh, as we've talked about before, my, one of my favorite books is Musashi, right? And I've already read the book several times. I don't, I don't need to read it again, but there's something about going through those pages that ignites something within me that reminds me of who I am and why I started on this journey and, and what I still have left to do. And we forget that naturally, just by living life, paying bills, um, resolving arguments and, and, and whatever. And, you know, getting past the politics of Twitter and things like that. If we can, if we can touch base into something that means so, so much to us, then everything else can be endured a little longer. And so we have to kind of keep on touching base with, with what matters the most to us. That's, that's my answer to that, that wonderful question. And, and I think that is the process in and of itself. And there are many details within that. Um, but that's kind of the, the thing we have to do in order to live a happy life. So thank you very much, Raj, for joining me today uh, and answering these questions. Um, some really insightful topics. I know I'll be listening over it quite a few times as well to really digest it. Um, I hope everyone listening will have a good week and see you all next week. Thank you. See you next week.